All right, here we go. The next episode of the Musings of Dirtbag Duke. Hope you're doing well. Staying safe, staying healthy out there. Hopefully, we can get through this episode with I. Hopefully, I can get through this episode without having any issues. It's only my third time of sitting down and trying to do this. So, keep your fingers crossed. Hopefully, we can. (laughs) Hopefully, I can get through it and not make any mistakes as I've done the previous two times. I want to start off with something a little more positive or on the positive side, I should say, something to kind of get things going at a good spot of good news for for a change. (laughs) May 8th. Uh, the Associated Press. Silver City, Michigan. An eight-year-old Wisconsin boy missing for two days in a remote, rugged northern Michigan park was discovered near a log Monday and appeared to be in good shape, authorities said. The park posted a photo of one of the searchers carrying Nante, I think it is, N-A-N-T-E, on his back. Another photo on Facebook shows the boy wearing a dirty sweatshirt and uh, munching on a cliff bar. Nante had been gathering wood while on a camping trip with his family in the Mountain Wilderness State Park in the western upper peninsula. He was found around 1.30 p.m. on Monday, approximately two miles from the campsite. Overnight temperatures had been in the 40s. Uh, he, had been, he had braved the elements by taking shelter under a log uh, where he was uh, ultimately found. He's in good health, reunited with his family, state police said in a statement. More than 150 people from various law enforcement groups joined the search on foot, in air, and on water. The park has rivers and lakes and is situated along Lake Superior. So, good news for him. They found him, and I'd read somewhere else where they were mentioning that he was kind of just living off of some, living off the snow there, basically, just for some water and and then taking shelter underneath the log. So good news that he was found. He's back with his family, and and life is good again for them. So that's great to hear. A while back, I had brought it uh, to the uh, one of the episodes, the situation with Tiger Woods and his ex-girlfriend and how he was um, how he tricked her into thinking she was going on a vacation, took her to the... Airport dropped her off and then went back and, you know, changed the locks at the house. And lock, ended up locking her out. Well, here's a kind of an update on that. It says his ex-girlfriend is now accusing him of sexual harassment in new documents. This comes after a $30 million lawsuit because he tricked her into thinking he was taking her on a vacation. So I guess she's trying to figure out any way and every way that she can get back at him for this because she was so publicly humiliated. We could debate whether or not the way he handled it was correct. But at the end of the day, I guess he did what he had to do to try to get her out of there, and now she's trying to get back at him with uh, some more lawsuits. So we'll see how that plays out. So when I originally heard about the next story, I was... thinking it was kind of an isolated deal, like many times that it is. 
but it has proven to be wrong. And I think a lot of it has to do with just the natural reaction. When something comes out like this within the NCAA or within college sports, um, because many times that the universities and colleges want to get out ahead of it and they want to, you know, kind of um, limit the damage uh, that can be done by the NCAA. So therefore they want to get involved, investigate these things and hopefully do what they can to, to limit their exposure to the situation. So this started out where Alabama, the University of Alabama, had fired their baseball coach because he had bet on a game involving Alabama and LSU. A game which he had started a pitcher that hadn't pitched for a while. Uh, I think he was coming off of an injury or something like that. or just, you know. So anyway, he hadn't been doing well, hadn't been uh, pitching very well, and had, hadn't pitched any time recently. And so they're playing the, the number one rated team in the country uh, within the SEC. And then also it's an SEC division foe. So there's a lot on a lot on a lot on the line, a lot at stake here for the university in this game, and yet he decided that he wanted to, you know, at the last minute pull uh, his the starter, the guy that was scheduled to start, who's a better pitcher in place for this guy. And it's and it's a it's just a fact. It is what it is um, in the situation. Nothing against this young man. It's just a fact of the situation. So the, so LSU jumps out to a big lead and it looks like that you know going thing, things are going well for him and and in Alabama ends up coming back and I believe they covered the spread if I'm not mistaken. I forgot to look at that. So my apologies, but um, they end up covering it anyway, so that was good that they uh blew that up, but he had taken, you know, LSU against them in that game. And the interesting thing about it, with and this is where, it, you know, you got to use your head a little bit about these things, and th- and, and and from the standpoint of it, that you got to understand, and there's, there's pretty much impossible to to hide these things, and so it's not even worth putting your job at risk, putting your you know your family's um, livelihood at risk. You're very, you're very well. I'm sure he's a very well paid baseball coach. Um, you know, at a big SEC university, so he can't be doing all that bad for himself. But anyway, so they get it. So they get him for placing this bet. He ha- he had called some a friend of his, um, I believe, is out in Ohio, and they've got the friend on video. Okay, they got him on video on the phone the same time that the records match up on his phone, and so. Th- they could connect the dots that he was on the phone at, the, at this exact time with this guy on camera and then going to place the bet. And so what triggered it, obviously, was kind of an unusually large bet that was placed. And so that kind of got people ears perked up, I guess you could say, trying to figure out what you know what was going on here. And then upon further review they come to the conclusion what was going on, so they fire him. Well, at the time, I, I, I kind of thought, well, you know, this is there might be some other people involved there at that at that level at Alabama or within this coach 
there might have been some other people involved with it, never thinking that this thing has spread as much as it's done over the last few days. So this is, you know, um, late last week, I think it was, or middle, middle of late last week. Well, then over the weekend, the University of Iowa announces that they're going to pull um, one of their players from the game. They're not going to start in the game because there's some um, questions about some gambling, involvement in gambling. And then over the next couple of days, then going into, actually going into Monday, two days ago, Iowa State had announced that they had some uh, students involved with some gambling also. So all told, between Iowa and Iowa State, there's approximately 40 students, uh, student athletes, and then also uh, a few staff. So this thing has really uh, kind of grown and and it's um, expanded into from you know Alabama all the way up into here into Iowa. Now they're going to now the the sources are saying that you know they're not any evidence of where there was bets placed on um, a game that the, these student athletes are involved in. It's more about just the idea of the online gaming period. So that's what that's kind of what they're looking at, and and what I've um, what I've heard and come to understand that the that the university is trying to get out ahead of it. Um, they're trying to, you know, um, do what they can to limit their their um, penalties and fines coming from the NCAA. So if they can take care of this ahead of time, then then they're going to um, be better off. So they've got the Iowa. Um, Racing and Gaming Commission and a couple other people involved in it. So um, just trying to, I think, make it look out to be a lot more than really what it should be. Um, you, you know, if you sit down and speak to these students, you're going to figure out what's going on. It's going to be easy to eliminate. But I'm sure they're trying to just cover their bases and make it look good for the NCAA. But overall, it's, it's more about just um, gambling on the sport. On, on um, I'm sorry, on gambling on sporting events that they shouldn't be gambling on. So easy for me to say. So in the end, we'll see what happens and see if there's any other universities that are involved in this. But it's kind of interesting, though, that you both got on Iowa and, and Iowa State. And there has to be more of this going on, if you see, at this level at, at these two universities. So we'll see what happens. But ultimately... Again, you know, knowing that the rule is there, knowing that there is ways to track this, they can track this um, information, right? So you can have um, a burner phone or you can have uh, a computer or use your buddy's phone or your buddy's computer or whatever and whatnot, and, and, but they're still going to be able to track this. They're still going to be able to find out, figure out what is going on at some point if they're looking for it, right? And all it took was this scenario, the situation at Alabama with the coach to trigger this. And more than likely, you're going to see more of this um, if people are being honest about it. Now, maybe some of these other universities are going to try to cover it up, you know, sweep it under the rug and hope that it goes away. But, you know, when you start seeing some of these other bigger groups being involved in this and doing the, the backgrounds, um, I think it's going to probably shed the light on some more of this, which is fine. 
which is good. But, you know, these guys need to know, and it's like any time in this situation, when you're an athlete, there's, there is, um, you know, like one of the students interviewed was saying, it's, that's not in the athletics department, you know, that the other students look up to you. So there is that expectation there that you need to be held at a little bit higher standard. Um, and so therefore, you know, you know what you should and shouldn't be doing. Right. So, but yet we still see cases of these guys getting involved in these parties and, 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 um, bad situations with the, um, students of the opposite sex and it creates a lot of problems for for these athletes personally so if they know that these things are out there and it is a temptation they need to stop and think about how that's going to affect them going forward And to say that there, you know, that you haven't learned from other people's mistakes is is a silliness. All you got to do is look back at Pete Rose, for example, and others that have had situations where they've been caught gambling. But but most notably, Pete Rose, even though he did bet on his own team and, and games, still that cautionary tale. Right of, of knowing what has happened in the past, learning from those people's mistakes, and moving forward. And I don't care if you're this generation, or a student is this generation. I know we're not. If you listen to this podcast, and that's okay. We've uh, matured and, and learned, hopefully from from our own and others' mistakes. But anyway, if you if this if a student is this younger generation then they should be aware, especially if you're an athlete and a baseball player, you need to be aware of, and you've got to know about Pete Rose. You've got to know about the situation that he was in and others. So there's no excuses. But at the end of the day, they have to realize that they're under a microscope. They have to follow these guidelines. And we've all heard the silly stories about, you know, people, coaches or whatever, buying cheeseburgers or sandwiches or whatever for these guys and getting, you know, rung up the flagpole by the NCAA. So, you know, so this is no different. And they need to be careful out there. And so if, if, if you know, hopefully, again, this will be a cautionary tale for those who aren't involved in this and, and future student athletes to pay attention to not get involved with the wrong people and to keep your nose clean do the right thing and be the example that you need to be and that you should be and and if we have grandkids or kids still that are in a younger age we need to press upon them the importance of doing the right thing in these situations and being that example and doing the right things and following those rules and regulations because they're there for a reason. And it doesn't do any good to try to skirt around them. So we'll see how things shake out going forward. Though I'm sure there'll be more coming 
out later this week, if not next. And finally, I'll wrap up with this um, this little story. There, I've seen a video, and you know, I I mentioned before, like watching these videos, a lot of these silly short videos out there. I guess silly is not a good word to use, but interesting sometimes. But anyway, there was one where I'd seen a gal's at a hockey game, and and the guy um, is videoing her putting in a dip. And I'm not talking about the old school little pinch between the cheek and gum. I'm talking like a haystack, like a big old pile of mulch, just a big old chunky dip right in that lower lip. And she slaps it in there. And I swear, you know, if it was, if it would have been leaf, you would have thought that it was Lenny Dykstra. I mean, this thing was huge. And the guy that was, um, narrating i guess you could say the video was pretty impressed about it also and i thought maybe he was going to go in and try to meet up with her and uh maybe ask him to marry or something he was so impressed by how she was slinging that in there and so it reminded me of the of the the days in the past when we would you know be involved in that and in using the old snooze there and and i had that little quick flashback of of man, you know, if you're gonna put one in like that, you, you're gonna put one in there for a reason. That's probably n- number one to go drop a deuce, and so to me, that's gonna trigger that that feeling of running to the bathroom and 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 getting on the throne there because you got one coming, you got one honking for the right away, you've got one on deck, and you've got to drop that furry squirrel down that nut hole, and so you know, you just have that immediate gut reaction when you see somebody put a big old wad in like that. And so she was, she handled it pretty well. Um, but I, you know, for me, that was like, well, you know, flashbacks to yesteryear. So anytime that anybody can throw that in there, especially, um, a female, I guess there it's, uh, it is pretty impressive. So, well, that's all I've got for you for this week. Hope you're doing well, staying healthy. I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule, out of your life to listen to the podcast. It means a lot. I appreciate it so much. And until next time.